Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. What did he do with this? Hurts. First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered on this beautiful divisional round Saturday. Sponsored by betonline.ag, the best sports betting website around. Remember, use promo code Believe. That is who our podcast host is, Believe Podcast Network. If you go to betonline.ag and use promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V, they will match your initial deposit up to 50%. The Eagles are looking like huge winners this season. Join them over on betonline.ag. Bet on them. Let them know that you think Boston Scott's going to score anytime touchdown today because he's the giant killer and he is playing the Giants today. So go ahead and get that money for winning that bet. And as always, is Connor Miles, my co-host, Ed Krass. Ed, playoff time. What are you thinking, man? What are your feelings going into this game? Well, I'm pretty excited. I mean, it feels like forever since we saw the Eagles play a game. Uh, and it probably has been forever since we saw them play well. Uh, you know, they didn't play overly well in the final season, uh, regular season game against the Giants. They did enough to win. Obviously, they lost to the Saints. They lost to the Cowboys. Um, so they really haven't played a, a good game since the Giants back on December 11th when they beat them 48-22. So, uh, you know, we'll see how this pans out. Um, but I'm excited for it. You know, I love divisional round football, four games. Uh, we whittle it down to two, and then we get into the championship games next weekend. So uh, I'm pretty pumped. I'm looking forward to it. Late start, a little later than I normally would like. But, you know, 8.15 at the link, that place is going to be rocking, no question. You know, I saw a stat that I didn't even realize. This is the first time Jalen Jones is playing in front of Eagles fans in the link. First time Jalen Hurts is? No, Daniel Jones. Oh, Daniel Jones. I'm sorry. I didn't now, hear you. The yeah. one time that he played in the link, it was the COVID season, so it was cardboard cutouts. So this is really his first time playing yeah. in the link with Eagles fans. And what an atmosphere to be playing in the divisional round. This is where the fans take over. Look, I thought, and Chris Long will tell you this, because I, I heard him say it multiple times on his podcast. Jason Kelsey has made this known multiple times as well. The fans made the impact on 2017 team when the home field advantage came around. Uh, they rattled the Falcons on that last uh, game-winning drive. Uh, there was not going to happen at all. Matt Ryan couldn't hear a single thing. Uh, Julio Jones and him were not in connection at all. There's no rhythm because I really do believe the crowd impacted them that much. And then you look at the Minnesota Vikings completely fell apart on that field. The, yeah. the crowd let them hear it. The crowd let them hear it. Yeah. Um, no different this time around, especially when you're playing a divisional rival in the Giants. Daniel Jones, is this, this, this isn't going into Minnesota versus a fraudulent team. This isn't going... Uh, you know, played at Met, uh, MetLife when you're sharing a stadium with the Jets. This is going into Philadelphia, one of the passionate uh, sports cities in the world. I don't think you can. I think the lights are going to be a little too bright for him this time around. I think they're actually going to. I, hey, I'll give it to him. He yeah. has been playing good. But I'm going to tell you right now, Ed, that Minnesota Vikings defense is a cakewalk. I, I will give him his props. I'll give him his flowers. That was his first playoff game. That's exactly how you want your quarterback to look in your first playoff game. He did what he had to do. He did his job. He did be above and beyond his job. 
especially considering the fact that the Giants have, you know, the Giants are going through the 2020 Eagles type wide receiver weapons. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins is, you know, they're Travis Fogum. We'll see if that actually pans out even further. Uh, but other than that, Richie James, a guy, um, Darius Slayton, slightly more than a guy, but still a guy. You know, he's probably like their Greg Ward of what our 2020, uh, 2019 Eagles were. Uh, I'm not, so I will give Daniel Jones his props. Uh, sure. It looks very good, but I'm telling you right now, Ed, that, that Eagles front seven, they're going to get after him today. Evan Neal, the rookie out of Alabama, has struggled all the whole entire rookie year. Son Reddick's going to eat him for lunch. I can't wait. Well, he did last time. I think Neal gave up eight of the ten pressures the Eagles were uh, listed to have against the Giants in that first meeting when they sacked Jones and Tyrod Taylor a total of seven times. So, yeah, I think that's a real matchup problem for the Giants is uh, their offensive line against this Eagles front. Um, I think they're going to eat. I think they're going to keep Jones in the pocket. They have to keep Jones in the pocket. Um, you know, we saw what he did against the Vikings. He was very uh, good keeping plays or drives alive with his legs. Um, he even got the Vikings defensive coordinator fired. Ed Donatel yeah. was fired, I think, the next day or two days after the Giants went through their defense like, uh, you know, a, a knife through hot butter. Um, this Eagles defense is different. Uh, it's built differently. It's good at getting turnovers, although they haven't. Uh, Daniel Jones hasn't given up a lot of those this year. Only five interceptions. He's not fumbling near as much. So, you know, I give him and I give that coaching staff, Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, uh, the OC, and then Wink Martindale, their defensive coordinator, a heck of a lot of credit for getting them here. Uh, I mean, the Giants were kind of a punchline, if you remember, back at the beginning of the season when they had to cut players to get under the cap. And one of those was James Bradbury, uh, who landed here in Philadelphia and had a, a season where he was named second team all pro by the Associated Press. So, uh, you know, this this Giants team is not going to go away. I don't think it's going to be an easy game by any means. The fans will definitely help. Um, they're going to make it hard for the uh, <clears throat> Giants offense to communicate for sure. Like you said, back in that 2017 divisional round game when Matt Ryan came to the line on fourth and goal at the two yard line and, you know, him and Julio Jones weren't really on the same page because I don't think they could hear uh, anything that was being called at the line and and that final play reflected it. Uh, Jalen Mills was on coverage on Julio Jones, but the, the pass sailed high and Julio Jones couldn't bring it in. But listen, that, there's a cautionary tale there too. I mean, this, that was a close game. That was a game that, you know, the Eagles needed a kind of a lucky bounce when Torrey Smith caught a ball that deflected off a, a Falcons player, uh, picked up some yards. The Eagles ended up getting a field goal at the end of the half on that. And when you win a game 15 to 10, every point matters. And that was a huge play and it was a lucky bounce. So, you know, there's a cautionary tale here too, is this first game uh, can sometimes be the most challenging, especially for a team like the Eagles who sat out last week, you know, they have to find their legs again after not playing for two weeks. Whereas the giants, they played last week. They're coming in with a lot of confidence. We saw a lot of video coming out of New York on uh, uh, Friday with them doing the gritty and them looking very loose and excited about this game. So, you know, this is not going to be a layover game for the Giants by any means, I don't think. And I think that's where fans can help make a difference at the link. On a Saturday night, under the lights, the whole city's bathed in green. Boathouse Row is lit up in green. The Philly Stadium down the streets, all lit up in green. So, uh, you know, everything's set up for the Eagles to win this game. Now they have to go out and execute and do it. I think uh, Giants have one of you uh... – Giants haven't won in Philly, I think, what, in 14 years? And that's, since, tw since 2013. So, oh, so 2013, so that's years. not that long ago. Yeah, 10 yeah, years. Uh, so, still uh, quite, quite a while ago. Um, 
but no, it's been a while since they won here. So I'm going to tell you right now, under an underwritten storyline of this game that, you know, I think you and I brought this up back when the Eagles first played the Giants, but I think it's always going to be interesting. Ryan Dable was the one that was pushing for Jalen Hurts to be benched at Alabama. So, to th- and I'm not going to lie to you, Ed, I, I think, I don't know if you recall this, Ryan Dable turned down the chance to interview for the Eagles head coaching job uh, 2021 uh, during that offseason. And everybody thought it was because of Howie Roseman, Howie Roseman, Howie Roseman. But, I mean, I again, the Eagles were – I know there was rumors they're going to go for different quarterbacks, but from what our, our reporting was, they were already going to go with Jalen Hurts. They were ready to roll with Jalen Hurts. If that's what they conveyed to these – which I believe that's what they conveyed to these coaches when they did these interviews. And Brian Dable turned out the job. Wouldn't it be so sweet? Just come out on this playoff game, send him home, send him packing. And Jalen Hurts has a monster game and goes, you know, I don't see Tua playing this weekend. That would be nice. I'm not going to lie to you. That would be nice to just that, that, that big win against Brian Dable like that for Jalen Hurts. I think that's going to be an underwritten storyline of this game that nobody's talking about is that Jalen Hurts, they, they like each other. I mean, you saw them embrace at the end of the game. They, they, they worked together before at Alabama, so there's something there. But uh, Brian Dabble did want him benched for two attack of Aloha. So I, I think there's going to be some kind of, I want to show this guy up. I want to beat his team. I want to play the best game I could possibly play. Because, I mean, that 40, uh, the 48-point game that the Eagles had, Jalen Hurts was spectacular yeah. against that Giants defense. And it was not from using his legs. He was yeah. picking them apart through that secondary. I know they were missing a Dory Jackson. I know they were missing Xavier uh, McKinney that game, but and they will be back this game this time around. But I, I'm I'm incredibly confident of this game, Ed. I really am. I mean, the, the Eagles, the talent differential is just astronomical. I mean, again, like you said, you got to tip your hat to Brian Nabble. You got to tip your hat to Matt Kafka. And you got to tip your hat to Wink Martindale. They turned this whole entire ship around with the Giants. They're going to be better from here on out. Absolutely no doubt. They finally found the right staff. They finally found the right front office. Uh, it took them a while, but they finally got there. But at the end of the day, talent trumps trumps all. That's why I think the Eagles, this Eagles team is too much for them to handle. Now, with that being said, I know we're going to get into our score predictions a little later on right, when we end the show, but I think the Eagles win by a field goal. I think they win by a field goal. A divisional yeah. rival that knows you better than anyone does in the biggest stage. And I think you're right. I think there's going to be a little bit of rust. I think there's these Eagles team, like you said, the, the last time we saw them, they they barely tried. They just, you know, relied on their talent to win that game because the Giants bench players were in. And then look look how that panned out. They won by six. So yeah. do they kick it into that, that second gear that they have? That gear that Jalen Hurts always talks about during these these press conferences is that we did we we have a level that we haven't even reached yet. Do they do that this week? I'm not so sure. But I think this this week when they win this week. I, I, I'm going to pick them to win. We'll propel that going into next week in the NFC Championship game. I think you will see that gear get kicked in. I think Brock Purdy, if the if the 49ers win, is just another Case Keenum walking into this building. You know, great storyline, great, great, great story. Seventh round pick, taking over the team unexpectedly, unheralded, but gets yeah. shut down in the NFC Championship game by a team that people, I mean, quite frankly, the Eagles aren't going to talk about enough. You hear so much about the Bills. You hear so much about the Bengals. You hear so much about the Chiefs. You hear so much about the Giants. You hear so much about the 49ers. Yeah. But you, you don't hear much about the, the number one seed in the NFC who had 14 wins this, this past season. You don't hear much about them. 
So if I'm the Eagles, you know, you embraced the underdog last time because you had your backup quarterback in. You were still the number one seed, but embrace it again because nobody's talking about you guys. You know, nobody's giving you the, the flowers you deserve. Nobody's talking about how the Eagles are doing this with a second-year starting quarterback that everyone doubted. Nobody's talking about the head coach that got one head coaching interview and got hired on that job that was completely mocked for his interruptory press conference. Yeah. Now, well, nobody, nobody's giving these guys their flowers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right, and I kind of feel the same way. And I asked a few players that in the locker room this week, you know, how they if they feel like they're getting respect and – None of them really care. You know, they're all like, you know, we just we'll get respect when we go out and we win our ring. That's all they care about is is winning a ring and then the respect will come. So, you know, I thought maybe there was something there inside the locker room that, hey, maybe they're feeling disrespected and maybe they're going to get those dog masks out again uh, like they did in 2017. But none of them really are are looking at that way. They're looking at it as like, you know what, we're just going to take care of our business and, you know, we'll get our respect when we win the ring. Um, and you know, listen, Vegas has them favored by a touchdown, right? I think when they played that game against Atlanta, when they were you know, that underdog season, I think the Falcons were favored. The Falcons the were favored. Were favored. Yeah. So, I mean, in that regard, the Eagles are favored this time around by Vegas. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's maybe more of a fan thing where you feel like they're not getting enough respect. And like I said, I didn't think they were either. You hear all this talk about the Cowboys and the Niners and. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit you know, uh, Doug, Doug Peterson in Jacksonville, which is warranted, but, uh, you know, you're not, you're not hearing a lot about the Eagles and but the Eagles players, they don't care as much about that. Let's five years ago. They did this year. Not so much. It's like, let's just go get our ring. Let's just take care of business. You know, maybe that's the older mindset of guys like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Kelsey and Johnson guys who have been there before, uh, you know, they're able to see that. And uh, they, they're just trying to stay calm and collected and do what they have to do and go out and win a game. And, uh, let the respect come after they take care of business. All right. So now we we obviously know with this extra game and all the time added the season, especially with the Eagles having an earlier bye week in the beginning of the season, they wore down and it was clear. It was evident on the field. And I think it was all around the NFL. You saw guys wearing down because of how long this growing this season is with this extra game. Well, it was interesting because you guys talked to Darius Slay this week and his comments were a little interesting. You know, he kind of put a target on his back. And I, you know, maybe this might be me overthinking it and reading between the lines a little too much. But uh, when he was talking to you guys, he pretty much admitted to, you know, I'm tired. You know, I, I, I'm on an empty. I was hoping this bye week would help me refuel. And I, to me, you know, speaking that publicly about how you feel from a physical standpoint, you're putting a target on your back. Uh, the Giants are just going to hear that. And not only that, the last film the Giants have on you is, you giving up this touchdown with, I hate to say it, not the best effort to a guy that they paid all this money to who's been a complete bust for them. And they're yeah. they're the quarterback that they signed off the street to play the game. And you gave yeah. up that touchdown. I mean, yeah. you know, you're already right, Kenny Galladay, you're already giving the Giants some thoughts of maybe Slay's not what Slay was in the beginning of the season in the first matchup that we saw him. So let's go ahead and take advantage of this. 
especially now that he's publicly admitting that he's tired and he's on empty. You know, let's give him all, all we can because James Bradbury, second team all pro, and and he hasn't said anything to that effect. And he his play hasn't dropped off in the in the similar fashion. So I mean, yeah. to me, I, I am I overthinking that? Or what do you think? I, I thought that was a little strange that he was that up. I mean, he's look, Darius Slade's the most honest player in the NFL, I think. You know, every time you have an interview with him, it's always you're gonna get straight up forwardness, nothing beating the bush, nothing like that. You're gonna hear it from him straight up. And I respect that. And that's what we all beg for for players. So I'm not criticizing that he was upfront and honest. I'm just I'm like, dang, Slay, you, you, you really let them know everything. You really roll up your sleeve right there, let them know everything. Yeah. He even said, feels like they've been playing forever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I and, get that. I, I truly yeah. get that. I think this extra game is bull crap. I think they need to get rid of it too. And then shorten the preseason as well. I want a better product. I don't want to yeah. see this, you know, last game of the season stuff with uh, all these teams that are, you know, not, not even playing for anything at this point. They're just trying to tank now. I just turned in the NBA a little bit. Like, yeah. Let's just get rid of that game. Let's shorten that preseason. Let's get the most competitive football we can from uh, week one to week 17. Let's get it done. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't see it going back. I uh, why. If anything, it's probably going to go forward, and they're probably going to add an 18th game. Uh, but we saw some of the matchups in the last week of the regular season. They didn't have a lot. Of, some of these starting News quarterbacks fest. couldn't even play. Um so I, I, you know, unfortunately, that's kind of the NFL that we're dealing with here, and uh, that's why I think, you know, what Nick Sirianni did uh, at the start of the year, and, and his staff, and the, you know, the analytics people in the front office decided to have these practices that they did in training camp. You know, they weren't really, you know, a lot of hitting, a lot of tackling, and everybody had a hard time with that. A lot of fans did because they thought, oh, they're too soft. But you know, listen, you're you're looking big picture here. You're not looking to be, you know, knocking each other out on the field in August and September. You want to be healthy here in January. And, you know, for the Eagles, that you know, for the most part, they are. I mean, you're never going to have a completely injury-free season. You know, they did lose some guys along the way. Hertz is banged up. Lane Johnson's banged up. Miles Sanders got, has a knee issue that he says he's fine now. But, um, you know, that that's great. That's a, that's the way more teams are going to start to do it now, the way the Eagles did it and the way everybody gave them a hard time about these soft training camp practices. And it was a big storyline. So, uh, but you still can't guard against, you know, the fatigue, the mental fatigue that these players are, are under, you know, game planning each week, you know, every day you're doing something different to get ready for the next opponent. And, you know, I think when Slay talks about being tired, it, it could be a mental thing as well, you know, not just physical, I mean, I know he's what thirty-one years old, Slay, and you know he he had a really really good season through maybe the first thirteen weeks of the year. The last couple of weeks has kind of tailed off a little bit, but uh, I think this buy will help him. And he talked about digging deep and trying to find his inner self and his inner talent and seeing what's left in the tank. And uh, we'll find out. But you're right; I think the Giants could react to those quotes. And I'm not sure how many people were there when I was talking to him. I know the TV cameras were there. Um, but I think, you know, I kind of pulled him aside first to try to talk to him before people got there uh, at the locker. And then people kind of gathered after I got a few questions. And so I'm not sure, you know, how how much those quotes are out there that I wrote about in the story uh, that I posted last night on Friday night. Um, but if the Giants see them, uh, yeah, you, you could say that, hey, we're going to try to attack him. And if I'm the Giants, I, I would probably try to put Kenny Galladay out there a couple of times. Galladay was kind of a lost 
figure for them this year. They didn't use him much, even though they're paying him all that money. They went with Richie James, Darius Slayton, and uh, Isaiah Hodgins. But, you know, look, Galladay scored a touchdown against Slay. And those two are good friends. They go back to their time together uh, with the Lions in Detroit. So, but you might, maybe, maybe the Giants will say, hey, we beat him once. He says he's tired. Let's see if Kenny Galladay uh, can beat him deep for another 30-yard-plus touchdown this week. So uh, just something to keep an eye on. Definitely keep an eye on. So what are your van- what do you think that the Eagles have an advantage of going into this game? Like what matchup advantage do you think that they have? Because I think it's gonna be uh the wide receivers on this corners on the secondary. Uh for the Eagles matchup. Yeah. Like I- what's your biggest match? I mean, obviously we can say front seven against their offensive line, but I think that's the most common answer. I want to go with like skill positions. And I think I think the wide receivers versus that secondary are gonna be the the keys to victory to this game. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. Uh, I'm going to even include Dallas Goddard into that. He yeah. wasn't really in the equation the first time around when the Eagles won 48 22. Right. Uh, I, I, I think that's going to be a huge part of the equation today for the Eagles' victory. Yeah. Goddard was still on IR in that first matchup uh, back on December 11th. And then the second one on January 8th, he caught, I think, three or four passes for 67 yards or maybe a few more catches. But uh, you know, listen, TJ Hawkinson had a pretty big day for the Vikings against the Giants exactly. defense. And uh, I asked Goddard about that if you know that kind of gets him excited seeing a tight end kind of take advantage of things. And and he said, Yeah, it kind of does, you know, that he hopes that uh, the Giants try to do the same thing like they did against Minnesota, where they double team Justin Jefferson to take him out of the game. And you know, the Eagles have two wide receivers you could double team and Brown and Goddard. I'm sorry, Brown and uh, Smith. So if the Giants Wink Martindale elects to do that and tries to double one or even both, maybe. I think Goddard could have a big day. I, I like the Dallas Goddard matchup against this defense. I think that, um, you know, he'll find a way to match up one on one against, you know, a safety or a linebacker. And Goddard more often than not wins that matchup. And I think the Eagles can exploit. Uh, this defense with Dallas Goddard. I also think they need to run the football. Um, you know, I think that's what the Giants are going to try to do. You know, they're going to try to run it with Saquon Barkley. And I think the Eagles will probably be, we'll probably see them in a lot of five-man fronts, I, I would I would guess, to try to prevent that running game and maybe put a spy on Jones, like a Kaiser White, uh, to keep Jones from making plays with his legs. I mean, it's an interesting matchup. Two quarterbacks for the first time in NFL history are playing against each other, both of whom have over 700 yards rushing. It's never happened in NFL history where both quarterbacks have run for that many yards. I mean, Hertz gets a lot of credit for his legs and for his rushing ability, but Jones can do the same thing. So you're going to have to find a way uh, to prevent him from hurting you. And, uh, you know, We'll see if they decide to spy him, but the the Eagles have to probably play some odd man fronts to take Barkley out of the game as best they can uh, and then find Dallas Goddard because I think Brown and Smith might get doubled and you're going to have to figure out who's doubling, which guy's getting doubled if you're Jalen Hurts and you're going to have to go away from it and find the open guy. And I think more often than not, that's going to be Dallas Goddard. That's going to be open. I think we'll see them try to take advantage of him in the screen game as well. We saw a lot of Goddard screens. Uh, before he got hurt, I think we're going to see some of that. Um, but I think Dallas Goddard, to me, is kind of the X factor in this game for the Eagles. Who's your pick to lead the Eagles in sacks? You think it's going to be Reddick? Today? Um, yeah. I'm going Josh Sweat. Yeah, Sweaty. Uh, Those legs are fresh right now. Yeah, yeah. I, Brandon Graham had three back on December 11th. I mean, you can't forget about Brandon Graham. No, you can't. Uh, in, in, a, in a limited role there. I mean, 
he's played against the Giants. He's been playing against them since 2010 when he broke into the league. Now he's been hurt a few times. He didn't play against them, but you know, he he knows the Giants. He he knows how to exploit what they're doing. So I, I'm gonna go with Graham again. I think I'm gonna pick Brandon Graham to lead the team in sacks today. Maybe he'll get two of them. Um, but I, I think as a team, they'll probably have five or more. Um, so you know, you could see Graham with two, maybe Reddick with two, Sweaty with two. Uh, you know, I, I think they're gonna That's have crazy. a few sacks. You know it's crazy, and this just dawned on me when you brought this up. Imagine how much the Eagles history would change if Brandon Graham during the 2015, 2014 offseason, when he was a free agent, uh coming off his rookie deal. And the Eagles decided to bring him back. And this is before we saw Brandon Graham become the player that he was. And this is under Chip Kelly's system uh, when they opted to go with him over Trent Cole. And during that time, I don't know if you recall this, you know what team was about to sign him? No. The Giants. It was no. between the Giants and the Eagles. Hmm. Can you imagine if he would have went to the Giants, how different Eagles history? I don't even know if they had the Lombardi because he was a huge part of that play. But, I mean, that sure. this whole dynamic – Brandon Graham could have been playing against us today. Like this whole dynamic could have changed if the Eagles opted to go with Trent Cole. Cause I, mean, I remember back then that decision wasn't popular because we didn't know what Brandon Graham was. You know, we knew what Trent Cole was. I know he's at the end of those ropes, but he still had productive years in Indianapolis after he left the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, the whole dynamic was we're going to go see what this kid with all his potential has finally. And we're going to let the older veteran go. And it did work out for the Eagles history, but wow, I mean, it was that close. It was that, it was that close. He was negotiating with the Giants, too. They could have gone the other way, but thank God he did not go that way because Brandon Graham is what the Philadelphia Eagles represent as an organization. Uh, yeah. You're gonna, we're going to be talking about him forever. You know, he's going to – did he reach the Dawkins and Jason Kelsey heights yet? Debatable, but uh, no matter what, he's always been mentioned, just like Harold Carmichael always gets mentioned, like Jaws always gets mentioned. Uh, same thing with Brandon Graham. It's going to be the same exact thing. So Man, thank God it didn't go that way. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. I'd forgotten all about that. But um, I think everybody has. I mean, it was yeah. just so under the radar because, you know, he was negotiating with both teams to see who he comes back with. And the Eagles signed to this huge deal. And then we were all like, are we sure about this? We're paying him a lot of money. You know, all we've seen him is just him injured. We haven't seen the best of him. But that should always tell you guys this. And we always forget this lesson at the end of the day when it comes to free agency. You're paying for what you think you're going to get. You're not paying for what the player has shown. Um, every time these big deals come out in free agency, they're they're paying for what they believe the player will be for that team during that duration of the contract. It's never what you were before. And hi, Roseman. Great job because it worked out perfectly. You kept the, the, the heart and soul of this team in, in Philadelphia, and he's not a New York Giant. Thank God. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're right. I mean, they pay for potential, you know, um, they got Javon Hargrave uh, two years ago. Look, look what he's done. He's in double digit sacks. Now they got Hassan Reddick, huge signing. They got Brandon Brooks back when they went to the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, they bring in these guys that they're paying on potential and even their own class, you know, that 2018 class, you know, giving Goddard an extension and Melada and Maddox. I mean, you know, that's what you're paying for. You're not paying for what they've done. You're paying for what you think they can do. And, uh, you know, how he's had more hits lately than he's had misses. And yeah. you know, I was the same thing with Josh Sweat, though. You're right. They gave yeah. him an extension before he even showed him what he could do. And that right. it worked. It, it works out more than doesn't. It really does. It works out. Yeah, if you're if you're doing your, you know, if you're evaluating these guys correctly, yeah, it should work out. And, you know, so far they've done a good job of that.
What's your score prediction for this game? Because I think it's going to be uh, – I'll just get mine out of the way real quick. I think it's going to be 27-24. Okay. Eagles? Yep. So you got a field goal too. Yeah. I, I don't I, know why. It's just every time every time there's like a really serious game with the Giants. Like everything's on the line with the Giants. Even if it's a regular season game. But if everything's on the line, they win by a field goal. I'm just going to go with history right there. Yeah, I, I'm I'm close to a field goal. I have Eagles 24, Giants 20. I think Eagles have a 21-20 lead late. They get the ball back and they drive down and Elliott kicks a field goal to put them up by, uh, you know, more than a field goal and they hold on to win 24-20. But I listen, I know the line's like a touchdown. Maybe it's dropped a little bit. It opened at seven and a half. I haven't checked on I think it's still at seven and a half last time I checked too yeah so I mean I don't think the Eagles will cover I'll be surprised if they cover I'll be surprised if this is an easy game um it's a rival game right Giants Eagles always play each other pretty tight and you can't um, doubt that coaching staff that coaching staff is just uh, I mean Brian Devil's been went through it with Buffalo serious playoff situations Wink Darndale's been in serious playoff situations with Baltimore like these guys know what they're doing we clearly we, we see that yeah. now Mike Kafka was on Kansas City with Andy Reid when they were in serious situations, like they know what they're doing, they're ready for this game just as much as the Eagles coaching staff is. Uh, maybe a little bit even more because they're a little yeah. bit more experienced than the Eagles coaching staff is in these situations, being on the staff that they were prior. Uh, so we're gonna see, but yeah. that's why I think it's gonna be a field goal. I, I, I you, you can't underestimate how good coaching impacts a team, yeah. Uh, I agree. Plus, and I the think last time the Eagles played the Giants in the playoffs was Jeff Garcia and they won by a field goal, yeah. I think I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, I think turnovers are going to be a factor. I think both teams, if they want to win, they have to play turnover free. Um, you don't want to give the ball up on a short field to either of these offenses um, because they'll make you pay. So, you know, the Eagles have to be careful. You know, the one thing I was thinking about the other night is Hertz has thrown two red zone interceptions against the Giants. He did it last year in New York when they were on the goal line at the end of the first half, and then he did it again. Uh, this in this past meeting on January 8th. So you can't have that. You can't have Jalen Hurts throwing a red zone interception in this game because it won't <clears throat> it won't help your chance to win the game. But I, I think the Eagles will do enough to find a way to win and uh, move into the NFC Championship game next week against either San Fran or Dallas. Either, either matchup I'm incredibly excited for, looking forward to. But first, we yeah. got to handle what's in front of us right now with the New York Giants. That's right. Absolutely. All right, All right guys, we will be back uh, to recap this game early in the week. Very excited. We'll see you guys on Monday. Go birds, baby. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.